0: Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Ariel's going to share something. This is probably going to be the greatest thing you've ever heard in your life. (laughs) Like, I mean, like it's earth shattering. (laughs) Yeah. I can mess with you like that, maybe.
1: Maybe, yeah. You're lucky. I like you.
0: That's what you are. I'm glad.
1: All right. I do need you to do me a favor, though, because this is somewhat interactive. Hey, you do too. You have to as well. I'm
0: ready.
1: Okay. I need you to take a second. Look in your belongings. I need you to find something very light. A pen or a pencil would be excellent. But nothing very heavy. A bookmark is good. Pen or pencil. Phone is okay. If you need a pen, I will loan you one. But it is best if we all kind of have something to hold. And it's something kind of long would be excellent. I have a plethora of pens.
2: Ooh.
1: Anyone else need a pen? Because a pen is perfect. How long does it need to be? Is that long um, I don't like that here. <laughs> but it's beautiful. It's perfect. A phone is okay. That is perfect. Okay. Everybody got something? Nathan, do you need a pen? <laughs> that's okay. Uh, yeah. we'll While I do do this with my students, you are not a student, and therefore, I, Lauren needs one as well. Sunglasses are perfect. A guitar might be too heavy. <laughs> okay, so what you're going to do, and you're going to think I'm a little crazy, and that's okay, but maybe a little more than normal. I need you to take your object. I need you to hold it out like this. Just like that. Okay. Hang out for a second. Don't move. So, the reason I'm... Nope. Got to keep it out. Nope. All right. So, this is something that I normally do with my students. And I normally use this to teach uh, a different topic. But I mentioned to John McPeters, this has kind of been on my mind because this is something that I think we could bring into the church. And it's a really good... Connecting piece. I need you to keep holding it out. It's going to seem like I'm going to talk for a long time before I do anything with it, but I have a purpose. I promise. Okay? So, this kind of came about with my students when I was teaching high school, when I was teaching my Honors Spanish 1 students. And I was seeing that these Honors Spanish 1 kids were freshmen, and they were trying to take honors classes, and they were trying to do AP, and they were trying to play like three or four sports, and they were trying to do all these things. And they were just getting super frustrated. Because it's a lot. It is a lot on them. And so I started doing this lesson. And I would say, you're going to hold this, just like this, for about five minutes. We may not do it that long today, but I have a purpose. I promise. So keep holding it out. And I want to talk. I have two points with this for us. My first point is that at this point, I've been talking for about a minute. How many of you are already tired of holding this? <laughs> you are already tired of holding it. Uh, has anyone's arm started to wobble just yet? Okay, some people's arms have already started to wobble. Some people, I kind of see some people doing this, and I've already seen some people trying to hold each other's arm up, which is actually a really good point. But you got to kind of keep holding it. You can't do this number. You can't do this number. you got to hold it out. It's not that heavy. It's a pen. you got this. It's, you got it. I promise. So I'm going to read you a Bible verse really fast. and now I'm just going to, I'm going to keep talking and making y'all do all the work today. You can imagine what my poor students go through. <laughs> just every day with me. All right, so I'm going to go to Matthew 11, verse 28, and it says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How many of you could hold that pencil just like that for the next 10 minutes? It's a pencil. It's not that heavy. You've got it. I trust you. I believe in you. You can do it. How about if I ask you to hold it for an hour? But it's a pencil? Or a pen or a highlighter? Is it really heavy? Okay, go ahead and put it down. Okay, does your arm feel better? Okay, my point is, and this is why I kill my kids, this is not heavy. If I asked you to pick this up, it would not take you a lot of effort to pick this up. It is not heavy at all. That point isn't that this is a heavy thing. It's that I'm asking you to hold it for a long time. It doesn't matter what you're asked to do. It matters how long you're asked to maintain it. A burden is not defined by how hard something is. You can't look at something that you have and say, I should be able to hold this for longer because someone else is. A burden is still a burden. It doesn't matter how small it is. We're still supposed to bring all of our burdens to Jesus and all of our burdens to God. Holding on to something because you're supposed to, because you should be able to handle it, and it's not big enough, is not giving up all of your burdens. It doesn't matter if it's small. It doesn't matter if it's light. It's still a burden to you, and it's okay to put it down. In fact, you're encouraged to put it down and you should. Holding on to it is doing nothing more than just holding on to something because of pride, because you feel like it's your job to keep holding it up. But you have to put it down at some point. And I had said I had two points. My first point is that no one can tell you your burden is not heavy and no one can make you feel bad for saying that you're burdened by something. It's your burden you're allowed to put it down, and you're allowed to know that it's heavy and it's hard on you. And you should bring it to God. My second point is the one that pride also has a part in, is sometimes we look at someone else and we see them struggling. And we sometimes think that it's because they're unorganized or because they haven't thought this through very well or they're going about it the wrong way instead of recognizing that that's their burden. And not everyone has an easy time putting those down. And sometimes when someone is overburdened, they lash out. Or they shut down. Or they stop communicating. And instead of looking at that lashing out or that shutting down or anything like that, and we're looking at it and we're saying, that's wrong. And they're being cruel to me. Instead, what if we looked at them and we said, how can I help them overcome this? And how can I help them put that burden down? Because our biggest thing is we often come at this and we say, this isn't a big deal. I can handle it. And that's just us saying that we are stronger than God when really we have to put our burdens down at some point. We have to depend on him. Now I told John I was going to do this. And I told him that I would lead into it, but he had to finish it. <laughs>
0: Challenge accepted. Actually, it does have something to do with what I'm going to be sharing today. Parts of that does does do does. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Father, you are amazing. You are incredible. You're wonderful. You bring us joy. Uh, you lift our burdens, as Ariel just shared with us, and. Um, we just say we just yield to continue to yield to whatever you're desiring to continue to do in, in us this morning, Lord. You are the the Lord of uh, Stones River. You're the you're the King of our hearts. Your Holy Spirit are our lead and you're our guide. And we just love you and just want to keep just following where you lead. Thank you for Ariel and what she shared and for Jared and, and for David and all the things you've already spoke this morning and, and the things you've sung through Matt and Diane and all, all, the, all the team, Lord. We just love you so much. In, in, in Jesus' name, we, we love you. Amen. 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 All right. Woo! Let's go. I don't know, man. It's like, a, it's, like a, it's a dreary day, but not inside my heart. I'm ready to go. That was kind of cheesy. Uh, Acts chapter 15. All right. This will actually have to do. Um, Go ahead and put the first slide up if you don't mind. Kyle? Is it Kyle? Are you the slide man today? Where's my son at? Okay. Jonah loves being back there. Don't you, Jonah? Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate going to a like, having a community of believers where we let people grow. And, like, you don't have, I've been a part of where, like, you have to be a, uh, a professional. Sorry. You have to be a, a, a day gum professional. Five, 15. And, like, I love how here, like, you, we just, we give the opportunity for people to grow and to do things. And, like, my, lot, my son actually likes coming to church. Isn't that, isn't that pretty cool? I know a lot of 11-year-olds that aren't excited, but a lot of it has to do with him being able to use his giftings because he loves technology. He just loves it. Go talk to him about computers, and he'll talk to you for the next whatever about those kind of things. its i said before, many times I get to see how annoying I am through my middle child. I'm like, will you ever just be quiet? I'm like, that's how Larissa feels. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Lord. So We've been on a journey the last like, month or so, right, talking about prayer and going into a season of prayer as Stones River, as a community, and I just want to reiterate that we're doing this because, number one, we are to be a people of prayer, and because we also want to, as Jared said earlier, hear from God as a community, come together, and hear where the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding, because there is such a broken city out there. There really is. There's so many people that are going through all kinds of heartache and difficult things. People who know that they're broken and people who don't know they're broken. People who know they need God or something and people who don't know right now. And we just want to participate in God's plan for the city. We want to say, at Stones River, we are just lockstep with Holy Spirit and what he wants us to do as a community. And so instead of Us having a leader that comes up here and says, here's the flag, we're going here and we're doing this. We're saying, no, let's listen as a community. That's pretty special. There's not a lot of churches that do that. And so I say that to say, let's take it seriously, let's get excited about the the, the possibility that we, that God wants to speak and bring the puzzle pieces together. That looked a lot better on, on my computer, sorry, it's a little bit blurry. Um, wants to bring the puzzle pieces together through you, through all of us. Oh, that's exciting. But what the Lord has for me on my, on my heart this week, this might not be like one of those sermons you're like, glory! Is This is when we're listening to God and we're hearing from God. You can go to the next slide. What do we do when we disagree? How about that? You ever thought about that? Like Matt says, I think we're supposed to go here, and Megan says this, and Greg says something, and Jared says something, and we're going, okay, what's, what are we supposed to do? Because, you can go to the next slide, we all know that we're a society who does super well at debates and arguing, right? We're spectacular about having disagreements with one another. Is that what it's like? Is that like that's like Facebook in a nutshell, isn't it? Like that could be an ad for it right there. I wonder to myself: Did Facebook create this, or did Facebook expose this? <laughs> a little of both, probably. <laughs> but I'm telling you, there's a lot of people I know that are, can shout on a megaphone behind a computer, but in person, they're not quite the the shouter. <laughs> but this is a challenge that we have in our society. We have a struggle. Ben, how many times is at the shepherds' meeting, Dave, that, that we talk about? We can't. Dis- we don't disagree well. What do you say, Be, disagree without being disagreeable, right? Like we struggle as a culture and then it comes into the church and then whenever we're trying to hear from God and move forward as a mission, sometimes we're afraid to speak up because I'm afraid that what I said, maybe, it's, maybe Greg's feelings are gonna get hurt or John's feelings are gonna get hurt or you know what I mean? Like you ever done that, ever? Come on, we've done that, right? So what we're gonna look at today is the church having a, uh, a, a debate about something that's very serious? Like, this was a, this was a critical moment in the church, a, a critical moment in Acts chapter 15. And how did they handle it? Maybe it'll surprise us the way they handled it. Maybe, maybe not. But before we get into that, I saw this meme or whatever, and I thought this reminded me of my wife, so I wanted to put this up here. Go to the next slide. okay. I thought it was pretty good. I thought we could get a chuckle before we got started. Doesn't that sound like? <laughs> I promise you, I'm not mad, but. Or I'm not. <laughs> Sounds like something I would say too. Try to calm down the situation and then make it worse. Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So let's look, at, let's look at what the church, what happens here. Uh, before we read, as I always do, I'll try to put it in a little bit of context. Paul and Barnabas are, are going out and they are seeing amazing things happen. Could you imagine me and Paul and Barnabas seeing healings take place, Gentiles opening their hearts to God? All these amazing things are taking place here. And as that's happening, what's also happening to Paul and Barnabas? They're actually getting stoned. And like, <laughs> it's not super exciting, huh? they stoned him in this is chapter 14 and dragged him out of the city supposing that he was dead so like that's one thing that we do this is not really what I'm talking about today but recognize that as we get on mission and on plan walking with God there will be challenges and it will be rough sometimes or lots of the time it's not going to be smooth sledding even, in fact, like we did the whole, like the the bread folks or some of our folks were up here like a month or so ago. And we're like, yay, look at all these things that God's done. Man, we have been hit this last, like, month. It's been awful. It's been all kinds of just wild stuff that have happened. But we have had have to make that decision. We've even had that moment. I think we all have. We've all talked about it. We've had the moment where, we're like, wouldn't it be easiest just to quit right now? Like, and just being serious. Like, <laughs> let's just, but no <laughs> We can't do it because we love the Lord too much. But like, there's those moments where you're just like, man, this is just this is kind of tough. Well, you could easily see Paul quitting at the moment when he gets stoned and dragged and left for dead. But instead, you see him continuing to go around the church and to share what's going on. That's that's kind of the context of what's taking place. Uh, I'll read fourteen verse twenty-six, and this is talking about Paul and Barnabas. Now, from there, they sailed back to Antioch where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had completed. When they arrived, they called the church together and related all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith for the Gentiles, and they stayed there with the disciples for some time. So they go back to Antioch, and they're telling people, like, listen to all this great stuff that the Lord is doing among the Gentiles. And what happens? Everyone praises it says it's awesome, Right? Not exactly. Then certain individuals came down from Judea. This is um, verse 1. And were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. You can go to the next slide if you want to. Sometimes we read this and we think, oh, those are just people trying to poo on something good that's happening. I hate those guys, or whoever that was. Listen. I think this was a serious conversation that needed to be had. Because if you don't know, in the law, first of all, we know that every male, Jewish male, was supposed to be circumcised. But also in the law, it says if you have a foreigner or alien come among you and live with you, what's supposed to happen? They're supposed to be circumcised as well, if you didn't know that. So this is an actual thought. Like, okay, these, jet, these aliens, these foreigners are now coming among us are they supposed to be circumcised? These people who at least said this, said not only are they supposed to be, but they're actually not saved unless they're circumcised. So what happens? What happens when Paul is excitedly telling them the story of what's going on and then some people come in and they say, hey, hold up a second, pump the brakes. We need to make sure that these people are are circumcised. How do they handle it? And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to discuss this question with the apostles and elders. So it doesn't say that Paul and Barnabas said, oh, that's cool, I'm glad you're teaching that. It doesn't say the other folks said, hey, Paul and Barnabas, that's cool, awesome, be blessed, my brethren, let's sweep this under the rug. No, they actually argued about it. (laughs) They had a debate that's okay. Do you know that? We don't have to be nasty. In fact, we shouldn't be nasty. We're called to be kind. We're called to be you know, gentle. Like, But it's okay if we have discussions. And in fact, if we're on, this is what, Greg, we talked about this on Wednesday. I think this is really good. This comes from a place of being on mission with God. This is where this theological question and debate is, is being stirred up. It's not being stirred up just in a room somewhere. This is like they're out there sharing the kingdom, Gentiles are coming to know the Lord, and now they have this thing of, okay, well, the law says this, but are we under the law, blah, 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 and they're, they're fighting this out based on them actually living out the plan that God has for them. And I think that that's huge. I think that's huge. That, that, that's, that that's part of this debate that we're going to see here. Because how many of you have been in a heated situation, or something that's deeply challenging or tough, man, you're wrestling with it, and then someone from the outside comes in and gives some, like, let me give you my advice. You're like, dude, who are you? Like, I'm just being real. Like, we've been wrestling and sweating with this, and you're just coming here, and you think you know all the answers. That's, that's tough. But sometimes we do that theologically. Like, we're not wrestling in the, in, in, in the ditch or whatever of these challenges, these issues. We're just kind of armchair quarterbacking these things man, I think that God wants us to wrestle with it. I think he wants us to be there, look at people face to face, think about what he's wanting to do. And so they had a disagreement and they, are, they, dis, they b- debated about it. Well, they couldn't come to a conclusion. So what do they do now? I think they actually operated quite like Jesus said when a brother sins, like we could probably apply this to their, hey, if Jared sins against me, then I should just go to Jared first. That's what they did, Right. We, we, we don't follow Jesus. We go to the leader of the church and say, hey, can you go talk? Ryan's doing some bad stuff. Can you go talk to him about that? It's because it's easier to do. I mean, dude, I'm super guilty of that. Like, I ain't even playing. Probably all of us are. Than me going, hey, I need to go talk to my brother Ryan. Ryan, we have to have a talk after service. That's a joke, obviously. I know that I can say that with him because he knows I'm messing with him. <clears throat> If anyone, he probably needs to have a talk with me. Then, so what happens is, that's true. Uh, so what happens is they decide, they go. Jesus says, what happens if they, if they don't listen? He said to go and, and bring it before the church. This is what they're doing. They're taking this, this, this challenge, this, this question that they're wrestling with, and they decide they're going to go to Jerusalem. You can go to the next slide if you want. And discuss it with the apostles and the elders. And so verse 3 says, so they were sent on their way by the church, And as he passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, they reported the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the believers. So as they're heading to Jerusalem, Paul and Barnabas are still talking about how awesome God is moving. They're just sharing this great news. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. So they go to Jerusalem, and they begin by telling all these awesome things that God is doing. You know, sharing great things that God is doing is important. Sometimes we're like, well, maybe I shouldn't. No, it stirs the believer. It gets us excited. It stirs us up. Like, wow, that's awesome. I can't believe that. Paul would do that. So as they're sharing, I flipped too soon. I need a couple words here. It says, but some believers who belong to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and said, it is necessary for them to be circumcised in order to keep the law of Moses, right? Oftentimes we hear the word Pharisee and we think they're just the worst. These are Pharisee believers, that's who these people are, okay? They're from the sect of the Pharisees, okay? They had a zeal for the law of God. I actually think it was probably healthy to have this, these different sides that they're coming from. I really do. To where thou, they are, sh- debate and disagreement can, should sharpen one another. If we're seeking truth, that's the big thing. If we, in humility, are seeking to hear from God as a community, if someone says one thing and someone says another, then what we're going to do is seek God and the Holy Spirit and talk among each other, and we're going to say, okay, what is he, where is he leading us? So it's good. You may have, I, I just, one thing I hate, oh, I hate, I hate, it's, it stinks when, when, when someone becomes part of a community like this and they have some different opinions and two things I hate. I hate when people just push them out because they're a little different. And I also hate when people just leave because they're a little bit different. I'm like, oh, we need that. We need differences. We need to sharpen one another. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't apologize. I enjoyed it, actually. If you, want <laughs> I love it. <laughs> We're just a family here, and we have fun. <laughs> So I think this is an excellent question the Pharisees rise up, bring up. I think it's, it's excellent. So what do they do with this? What do they do when they have, once I, and again, what's happening is these Gentiles are coming in, and some people are saying, hey, we need to circumcise them. Verse 6 says, the apostles and the elders met together to consider this matter. So they thought it was important. They didn't just say, oh, yeah, get out of here, Pharisees, or get out of here, Paul and Barnabas. They said, okay, this is serious, so let's meet together and let's, let's hash this thing out. You know what they didn't do, which I, maybe they should have? They didn't sit in the corner and go, let's listen to Holy Spirit. No, they actually argued about it. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Maybe you haven't thought of, like, it's okay. Like, again, we don't have to be mean to each other, but it's, it's okay to say, well, Ben, have you thought about this side of it? And Ben say the same thing to me. And Jared say the same thing to Larissa and so forth and so on. That's it's okay. Man, if we can get through, this is, this is big time stuff. I want us to grow deeper and be able to do this. This is so important. And I'm I'm talking to myself too, obviously, I always am. After there had been much debate, so there was a bunch of debate. This is how this decision was made about um, Gentile circumcision, through much debate. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, "'My brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you "'that I should be the one through whom the Gentiles would hear the message "'of the good news and become believers.' And God, who knows the human heart, testified to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. And in cleansing their hearts by faith, he has made no distinction between them and us. You can go to the next slide if you want. Peter stands up, and Peter is a pillar of the church. He's a well-respected leader. And his argument is based on the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing. Here's what's so important, I think. One of the very important things. No matter how many times we say this or two will blue in the face, we have to recognize the Holy Spirit is a person. He is a, he's not an abstract idea. Paul's, I mean, Peter's, excuse me, entire argument is based on the work of the person of the Holy Spirit among the Gentiles. What is the Holy Spirit as a person actually doing? And, and that's so huge for us as we're listening to God. We're listening to a person, to a personality. We're not listening to some abstract. Like this is the Holy Spirit. If we read through the book of Acts, goodness gracious, he's moving. He's breathing. He's doing incredible things. We are listening to the person of the Spirit. And so Peter brings up the fact that I'm sure no doubt about it that Cornelius is in his ears during this moment. And if you all remember that story, Peter goes in, Cornelius and his family, they're Gentiles, and as he's sharing the kingdom, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit falls on them. They begin to speak in tongues and extol, praise God. Guess what? Had they been water baptized yet? Let that mess with your theology. No. See, it's so easy to sit in the corner and go, well, I don't know. They need to be baptized, and they need to have this. No, it, he, Peter was saying, no, the Holy Spirit fell. God's going to do what God's going to do. And he says, as he's saying that, he says in verse 10, Now therefore, why are you putting God to the test? That's serious, man. That's, a, that's an interesting accusation. By placing on the neck of the disciples a yoke, Ariel, a yoke that, uh, that <clears throat> neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear. Isn't that cool that God did that? I'm glad you did that this morning because I knew that would work. That was, that was the way it was going to go. But he's saying, listen, you are giving them a burden that they weren't supposed to bear by doing this. Did the Holy Spirit require circumcision before he fell and indwelt them? And it was very visible. In fact, it was the same way he fell on us. <laughs> to, make no, to, to make clear that this is the same Holy Spirit doing the same thing. And we have to be careful that we're not putting God to the test by putting burdens on people that God doesn't want them to have. Boom! I love it. On the contrary, I don't know if I read verse 11. We believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus just as they will. You can go to the next slide if you want. The whole assembly kept silence and listened to Barnabas and Paul as they told of all the signs that God had done through them to the Gentiles. I love this picture of probably a mother or daughter. Listening. This is like an absolute key to this. If we're going to sharpen one another... If we're not going to be afraid, we have to listen. We have to listen. We have to listen. How many of you have been in a conversation, in an argument, and you're going, you're not listening to me? How many of you have been not listening during an argument? Let's just be real. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's been times where I'm like, I have no idea what she's saying because I'm just thinking of what my answer is going to be to what she already said a couple times ago. And we had it mutually, right, babe? We're just like, stop. You're not listening to anything that I'm saying. Hey, here they actually listened. They sat back and and they weighed what was being said. That's what we're called to do. We're called to listen to one another. Even if it sounds a little, I'm not sure about that. Let them speak. It's okay. Let them speak. Let's listen. Let's discern whether it's from Holy Spirit or not. And that's exactly what they did. So one thing that we can all work on, probably, is becoming better listeners in this. That's a big time. That's a big time. Let's not rush past that. Like, if we have a debate, if we have a ch- something challenged, let us learn to listen to our brothers and sisters and see the point of view they're coming from. Oftentimes, some, oftentimes I've realized I'm more alike than what I thought what they were going to say because I just made them, I polarized them, right? That's our, that's our um, society, We demonize and polarize. and (laughs) We say, well, if you believe that, then you're just like this and this and this and this and this. And then they're like, no, not really. That's actually not the truth. One thing I hold, but all this others you're actually wrong on. (laughs) But that's what we do. But if we can learn to listen, we can learn to see, okay. Now I can know their heart. Verse 13 says, after they finished speaking, this is uh, really important. James replied, my brothers, listen to me. All right, um, I've lost my place. All right, sorry, my, <laughs> sometimes you lose your place while you're reading. Uh, my brothers, listen to me. Simeon has related how God first looked favorably on the Gentiles to take from among them a place for his name. This agrees with the words of the prophets as it is written, after this I will return I, and I will rebuild the dwelling of David, which has fallen. From its ruin I, ruins I will rebuild it I will set it up so that all other peoples may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles over whom my name has been called, thus says the Lord, who has been making these things known from long ago. I really want to go and read through that and stuff, but we're not going to today. Go to the next slide. But what I want to share here is the importance of James says, listen, the... Um, the experience of the Holy Spirit that Peter had lines up with what the prophets have been speaking. Okay? That's one, one thing that, that often the church we struggle is we either focus on the written word and forget that this it is the breathe that word of God. This is the Holy Spirit's word. Forget the experiential part of what God is, is doing in our lives. On the other hand, we go to the other side, and we become an experience-based church or community that really doesn't know the Word of God very well, and then that gets kind of crazy most of the time. (laughs) And yet in here, in this hot debate about what's going to happen, you see this beautiful marriage of Word and Spirit, which are married, and you can't separate separate them. You can in your mind, but it's never going to happen. The Holy Spirit (laughs) and the Word cannot be separated. But you see, I just love that. I love how they're saying, we're experiencing these things, and James says, this is right. The prophets have talked about this. Isn't it so cool? I mean, this is, this is what Jesus was frustrated last week when I talked about them knocking over, him knocking over tables and stuff. One of the reasons he was frustrated, because they weren't taking seriously the call to the Gentiles. Here we're seeing, after the death and resurrection of Jesus, we're seeing that these believers are taking seriously the call to the Gentiles. And then verse 19 says, Therefore I have reached the decision that we should not trouble these Gentiles who are turning to God, but we should write to them to abstain only from things polluted by idols and from fornication and from whatever has been strangled and from blood. For in every city for generations past, Moses has had those who proclaim him, uh, for he has been read aloud every Sabbath um, in the synagogues. And there's a lot that I want to share about this, but I'm not going to, because I love that whole idea of why they chose those things, and I have some thoughts on that, but we'll just talk about it another time. But listening to the Spirit in the Word, with each other, through debate, through wrestling, they came to this conclusion that the Gentiles didn't need to be circumcised. This is huge. This affects us right now. I usually say, because all of us in here are Gentiles, but today, we have a Jewish lady in, the, in here, so I, could, I can actually not say that, Mayan. This is Sean's daughter, by the way, Sean Steckvek's daughter. Are you glad that I pointed you out in front of everybody, Mayan? <laughs> this has affected us, and it came through wrestling. It came through a little little debate, a little back and forth. We have to learn how to do that well. I'm just convinced if we want to move forward and do what God... Because I get this picture as I was uh, reading and mulling over this this morning that when it comes to like, bringing the puzzle pieces together, oftentimes someone like God might highlight something in someone's heart, or they may say, why don't we try this? It isn't always like, "Thus oh, this says the Lord. Like, please. Like, sometimes, but oftentimes it's just like a nudge or a, why not? <laughs> why don't we try this? And someone else goes, that sounds like a good idea. And then we just discern, maybe, hey, maybe this is from the Lord. But it's almost like that someone says that, and it's like they get a picture, but it's out of focus. You ever done a camera, and you're trying to focus the camera? And then oftentimes we go, on, like, man, well, Ben said this. I don't know if I want to challenge what he says at all. And then we just kind of go in an unfocused direction. Like, okay, well, but God wanted Ryan to go, well, have you thought about it like this? And it just bring it into a little bit more focus, you know? And then Mayan go, but what if, what if we did this? And you bring it into a little bit more focus. And then we see a clear picture of where God is calling us. That's the way God operates. This is, go read 1 Corinthians 14. That's how he speaks to his people. Prophets get up and they speak and everyone discerns what's going on. That's what we want to create, this environment where we can do that and not be afraid to speak up. Oftentimes it's not even a disagreement. It's just like, have you thought about this? Oh, no, I haven't thought about it that way. Do that to me, please. Don't be like, oh, well, John's the preacher. I better not say. I'm wrong. I'm wrong sometimes, babe. I am wrong. Or I need to be sharpened, right? Let's want to end by sharing this one verse here because what happens is they go out and they take Paul and Barnabas and they send some other people um, from Antioch to go s- tell the churches this decision that they've made. And this one line in, um, in verse 28, right? Yeah. It just really blows my mind and kind of brings together what we're trying to do. Um, I'll start in verse 26. He's talking about Paul and Barnabas saying, who have risked their lives for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ, who they have. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, so they brought Judas and Silas, whom themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth, for it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to impose no further burden than the essentials. And then they share what they're sharing. Have you ever just stood back, stood back and said, they literally said, this sounded good, seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Like, there's this partnership with God that he wants to invite us into. I, when, I read, when I read this, I was just thinking of like, like, remember when Adam named the animals? God didn't whisper in his ear and go, cow. Of course, it wouldn't be in English, but... Chicken. No, he like said participate and just name it whatever you want. That had to have been a trip, huh? You just let him. To and then that's just what it is. <laughs> you know, you know. Like whatever you say, whatever syllables come out of your mouth, that's what it is. But that's what we see. We see here that the church is called, like we are called to listen to Holy Spirit and discern what is coming from Holy Spirit and what do we sense is right like from us, like to where we can say, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to Stones River that we should go participate X, Y, or Z. Isn't that cool that God wants that? And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to discern that right now. And I think it's such an awesome adventure. And here's the thing, we never stop discerning that. Because as soon as we, God heads us in a direction, we have to get even more granular about where we're going and how that works. And then that creates this opportunity and now we're listening to Holy Spirit and come together for that which creates that opportunity and so this is like a a a fun journey that we wish to never get off this ride of listening to Holy Spirit and seeing what seems good to him and to us for what God is calling us to do man fired up fired up so this is what we're going to do we're going to spend two minutes like we did last week Uh uh-oh got my phone gotta get my phone and we're gonna we're just gonna listen to the Lord now, listen, this has to go well beyond two minutes at the end of a service, okay, listening to the Lord. This is something I desi- we desire to have, like, every day, like, while we're driving. We're walk- looking at Murfreesboro. We're listening. Hey, God, let us pray over the people groups here and, like, show me if there's anything. Again, sometimes there's going to be, like, boom. Sometimes you're going to get, like, not, not much maybe. It's okay. You just keep going. If you feel like you have to have lightning bolts every time, we're going to struggle, right? We're going to spend a couple minutes just listening to God's voice. And if you hear something through the week and go, ah, there's something about this, come talk to me or one of the shepherds or someone, and we can just continue. Like try to, I'm, I'm trying to bring the, I've got like a spreadsheet of just thinking of the puzzle pieces coming together to where we can just discern what's coming from God's heart and what's not. So anyways, let's take a couple minutes now. two minutes. So what what felt longer, holding up the pencil for two minutes or listening to God for two minutes? If you say listening to God, then you're not really that deep of a Christian, okay? That was a joke. I always always say that. (laughs) That was a joke. Does anybody have anything that they felt was on their heart that they would like to share, like we did last week? Sometimes it takes that one person to prime the pump to get it going. Everyone's like, hmm, I'm not sure. We also don't want to force God if he's not saying anything we don't have to. David? There you go, brother.
3: In the beginning, God said, let us create. God, the Father, God, the Son, the Holy Spirit are one and it's their will. Sometimes we're stubborn and we want to impose our will before we listen. The goal is peace, God's peace, not our victory. The entire Christian experience should be humbling ourselves before the Lord, surrendering, bearing one another's burdens, not seeking corporal uh, victories. Thanks. I actually don't have announcements this morning I just wanted to I just want to say Amen to the message this morning I want to affirm I feel uh, th- uh, That this point Is deeply important for the life of this church And you heard John say He and I have talked about this I've talked with the shepherds about this I've, I believe we We have to grow into a capacity for reasoning together, disagreeing together, coming to conclusions together, and acting together. Um, And without that capacity, if we're overwhelmed by the fear of conflict, by avoidance, uh, if we're stifled by the desire not to seem to be negative toward each other or judgmental towards each other's ideas or whatever it is that motivates that in us, which it does in our culture. Um, if that stifles us, then in, in my in my humble opinion, mission becomes nearly impossible. We can't move forward together because we're already avoiding the inevitable conflict that comes with mission. And so um, I think, just I want to say thank God, thank God for using John to bring this message this morning. Thank thank God for the the story of Acts that invites us into this process of discernment. Difficult as it is, um, it's
0: it's the way forward. So, That's good. you got something, Ben? No. Sometimes I got to pull it out of Ben. He's I know he has something amazing, but he's so humble. He's like, well, no. you know, later, just a little bit further down here. By the way. Paul and Barnabas break fellowship with one another. Like, we act like, like nothing, to, like, we, oh, man, they're just so perfect and nothing bad happens. No, they, like, separated. Paul didn't like that, that, that Barnabas wanted to bring Mark along, and hopefully we think that they got reconciled based on a few passages later on. They probably did, I would say, uh, which is awesome. But there's times whenever they were like, nope, you're going to have to go your own way, bro. Nope, you're going to have to go your own way. <laughs> we're not doing this. <laughs> but they came back. That's right. I like what See that's that's a great point. Like here say that again in the microphone because I think that's like that's a critical thing about being on mission and yeah. It's just that Paul and Barnabas disagreed on on what they had to do action-wise next and who was the cast. They didn't disagree on what they believed at all. And and neither one of them stopped doing it. They just said, "Well, we can't do both of them at once." So Barnabas took John Mark and went over here and Paul got Silas and went over here and they kept going and we keep getting making those steps bigger than what we believe. Yeah. And and that's just wrong. Yeah. Because those things are never going to be unanimous. Yep. But what we believe doesn't change. That's right. That's you right. Know, make Don't Speak make the that. little things the big ones. No. We are... Our little bread team has done that with like even the hookah bar and stuff. Like, There's people like, nah, we're not supposed to be doing that anymore and go over somewhere else. And they'll be like, no, we're supposed to. And there was no like, we're like, okay, so there's a group over here and a group over here. It just happens. It's not like no one's mad at each other. We're just like, okay.
2: I want to confess that I'm a terrible listener. And uh, John had actually asked me after our prayer walk Wednesday to share with the church, and I felt like this leads into what you asked me to share But um, I'm a a terrible listener, and I'm loving the season of prayer that we're in. And I want to really exclaim the part of the Lord's Prayer that it's not my Father who is in heaven. It is our Father who is in heaven. And God's faithful presence, which is the name of a book that I really love and I brought up here to read a little bit. um, God's faithful presence is in his people. And I think sometimes I, I should just say I, I get really prideful because I have really great ideas for God. I'm very, very spiritual. And I know where God is needed and I'm going to go to those places. And, I, and I'm serious, y'all. That is my, and, and I have to have a husband that tells me to pump the brakes all the time. Um, but I'm terrible at discerning through prayer. Um, and I need you all to help me discern. And so I'm going to read just a little blip from, I have this book called Faithful Presence, Seven Disciplines That Shape the Church for Mission. And it's one of my favorites, but I'm just going to read this one paragraph because we're doing this right now. As we walk through our neighborhoods, as we see the struggles and strife in the hallways of our schools, As we engage the hurting people around tables in McDonald's and other restaurants, as we face racial conflict on our city blocks, as we feel the resistance to God's ways and his kingdom in all these things, we should first gather with someone and pray. Submit these places and situations to the kingdom for God's work and then participate faithfully as the Spirit manifests Christ's presence. We should discern how to respond, realizing that we have been invited into the presence of Christ's work in reordering the world. And even though suffering and pain might ensue, we know that as God has used the cross to rearrange the world, so too he will use us and our walking through the suffering to rearrange people's lives in whole towns and villages as visible realities of his kingdom. I am sharing with you all today because on our prayer walk, the last two that I have been a part of, the first time I went, I was in a group. And y'all, I am just, I'm I'm a public school teacher. So I am drawn to Mitchell Nielsen in this community. I'm just like, let's go to Mitchell Nielsen. (laughs) And so my group did because I'm kind of bossy and usually I get my way. But then I decided I was not going to be bossy this last one. And I got in a group with John. And I didn't say anything. I just said I was going to be the note taker. And John goes, we're going to walk over to Mitchell Nielsen. And in my head I'm like, yes! Um, And I just want to share with you all, we are a church full of educators. Um, Matt was in this group with me. And... We started brainstorming a lot of stuff, didn't we, Matt? We have really good ideas, Matt. Really good. Um, And I, I fully believe God will bless whatever we do because he does that. He works despite anything we are. But I come to you, church, this morning, and I ask for you to help us to discern what we need to be at Mitchell Nielsen. We came together after our walk And Greg, who was in a different group, brought up something that, y'all, I'm an educator, and I know this, and I didn't think about it. But he goes, COVID seems to be hitting our schools really, really hard. Like, maybe that's what we're needing to do. Because we were talking about, I won't go into all the logistics. I just want you right now to hear me say, we feel like we need to be a light at Mitchell Nielsen. Or we need to help serve the lights at Mitchell Nielsen. And we are trying to listen and discern what exactly that means for us. So, we are listening and we are praying. I'm inviting for you to pray about this. And I'm inviting you to share with us anything that comes to mind for you. Because like I said, I think God will bless whatever we choose. But we really, really want this to be God's faithful presence in Mitchell Nielsen. So, can I pray right now? Okay, I'm going to do that. Our God, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done in this neighborhood. God, open our eyes, open our ears, bless our conversations. May we please lay aside any pride we have, any great ideas we think we have. God, make it clear to us that you are blessing us in a direction we need to go with blessing this community. We are Christ's presence, and we ask that you connect us to your presence in that school and in this community. God, may my brothers and sisters sitting here right now listening, if you have any word for our church and the way that we should go, God, bring that to light. And may we listen to each other with love. And may we be confident in walking with your spirit. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
0: And if anyone does hear or have ideas or maybe know someone over there, because we don't have very many connections, just let Megan know or myself or something like that.